welcome to the Buzz Podcast. I'm Mark Heider. We're here at the QRM Hive, where we are doing what, Megan? Hive talking. <laughs> Hive talking. See? Slip that in. Very nice. I have Megan Usry with me. She is the Director of Reimbursement Programming. So welcome, Megan. Thanks for having me back. You bet. We're going to be talking about the five-star ratings. Why does this sound so familiar? Well, I mean, it's everywhere. It is. Do you want me to really say why it sounds familiar? Yes, I do. <laughs> So we had already previously recorded two awesome podcasts for you guys, and Mark's audio did not record. I sounded fantastic per the use, but Mark did not record. <laughs> not one thing. Not one thing. So Not one single voice, anything at all. That's all right. Heck of a way to spend a, an hour, but it's all right. That's all right. I've uh, been there before where I've been in places and I've Felt like I wasn't being heard. So this is nothing new. <laughs> so why are the five-star ratings so important? Of course, the first thing that comes to mind, and I think, you know, for most folks in our workspace, it's, it's that care compare, right? Is that public-facing report card on the internet where consumers can go, really anybody, anybody, you know, can sit, but mostly consumers go to compare nursing facilities against each other. See, you know, maybe where do I want to go if I need rehab after a procedure? Where am I going to put my loved one when they need, you know, long-term care? That's the first thing that always pops into my mind. But aside from that, you know, we we have referrals, network partners, hospitals, all of those things are super important to the livelihood of a nursing facility. And all of those referral sources use those five-star ratings to, you know, decide where they're going to send their folks. Yeah, it has to do with a lot. There are a lot of factors. One of the things that I always think, the first thing you said is that public-facing information in 20 years ago, when they started this site and the, the whole Care Compare thing started, that was a different generation. In that generation, they were shopping around and looking. They weren't necessarily going to the internet and looking at reviews. But what's the first thing you do when you go to, uh, say, you're going to go out to eat? going to find somewhere new. What do you do? You're going straight to those reviews. I think of Amazon, you know, we just wrapped up the holiday season. I'm pretty sure everybody listening, if you bought a gift online, you probably looked at the reviews, right? And you're looking at the pictures and, you know, all the things. So it's super important. You're right. And it was like five star scale. If it was four point some stars, you're probably okay. If it was less than a four star, you're like, let me look at those reviews, right? Yeah, 4.4. 4? Mm -mm. Let me find a 4.5. <laughs> you can even filter for that. I don't think you can do that on care compare but on other websites you can for sure for sure that's how we live and the other piece is if you want to get paid in the future the, the whole push towards that pay for performance the quality enhanced payments those type things are based on metrics and whether you believe the metrics are fair or not doesn't really matter it's going to be based on metrics and this really was cms's attempt to put some measurements out there that held everybody equally as accountable towards those measures. That way, it's as fair as it can be whether you like the measures or not. So what makes up the five-star rating? Contrary to the belief of a lot of people in our industry, it is well, not- here it comes. Here it comes. It is not- here comes the truth. <laughs> it, it is not just quality measures. It is- health inspection. So we've got those surveys, right? Annual surveys, complaint surveys. We've also got staffing. And then we also have quality measures. So there's, it's not just those QMs, folks. 
not just the QMs. I would argue that your health inspection, you know, if you know much about the methodology of how the five-star rating is constructed, those health inspections and those surveys are probably, it's all important, right? But those surveys are probably the most important in my opinion. You know, and, and I think it's important for our listeners to understand that piece alone. You know, when I started as a, a vice president of reimbursement in a company, the first question that was brought to me by one of the operations vice presidents is, when are you going to fix my five-star? When are you going to fix it? And I'm like, well, number one, it's not a one-man job right? I'm probably not going to do it myself. But, you know, there was a, when are you going to fix my quality measures? When are you going to fix my five-star? And when you look at the foundation for that five-star, or when you look at the health inspections and surveys, that information sticks for a while. And we talk about quality measures that last for a little while, but survey information, that's around for a lot longer. It really is. Yeah. Three years or three cycles. I don't want to say years because I hope we never have another pandemic like what we had, but three cycles worth. And the rating all starts there. It all starts with your health inspection rating. Yeah. So you have one survey, health inspection. That's the first. You have to wait for your next survey, which is your next cycle. You have to wait for that third one and there to continue to, to accumulate. The points accumulate and obviously at a reduced rate, you know, the longer they're on there. But still such an important piece of the puzzle is that health inspection in, in the survey. So lots of stuff in there. Lots of stuff in that continual preparation has always got to be there. So I won't beat that up too much, but there's a staffing component. So interesting that a staffing component is put on there and you're, I won't say rewarded, but you're awarded points or points are deducted based on your nursing staffing and your nursing turnover, right? And this comes at the same time where they're threatening to have a staffing mandate. So it's a little terrifying. It it is terrifying. That's a good word. It is. It is. You know, so many operators are just struggling so so badly with getting good quality staff and keeping them. I think we've always kind of struggled with that a little bit, but COVID definitely, you know, accelerated that issue big time. And now, I mean, the thought of a staffing mandate is just is painful. For sure. For sure. You know, and we work in one of the most difficult industries in the country. I mean, seriously. And when you look at the regulations, when you look at even the public perception, I've read several articles and listened to several other podcasts and it talks about perception of skilled nursing. And it's not great. Even though I think we do some fantastic work and we have some fantastic providers, it's difficult to get people into our centers somewhat because of perception. That's troubling. That's troubling. So we've got the surveys, we have the staffing. And what was that other piece? Oh, the quality measures. (laughs) Oh, the quality measures. My favorite piece. My favorite piece. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And that's the one where everybody's like, hey, just fix my quality measures. Why, while you're doing that, just go ahead and fix my quality measures, would you? Sure. I'll, right? get, I'll, I'll get right on it. I'll get right on it. So what are some of the changes that affect the quality measures that are used? And how does it affect really the outcome of, of that system, the quality measure system for Five Star? We actually saw changes, well, freezes. Let me, let me just throw that word out there because I know it's going to come up multiple times. Things are being frozen in both the staffing domain and that quality measure domain. And both of them, of course, are due to those recent changes, the MDS that we experienced October 1st. So for staffing in particular, we don't have any more rug calculations on those open 
OBRA assessments anymore. So that staffing case mix adjustment has to change. In July of 2024, CMS is planning to move towards a PDPM-based staffing case mix adjustment, but the staffing measures will be frozen effective April 2024, leading up to that transition. So we've got enough information for now, but beginning April 2024, the staffing measures will be frozen because we need some time to adjust that case mix methodology. And then for quality measures, you know, of course, those also needed some revision and updating due to the removal of section what, Mark? Section Section G. G. Yes. I, knew <laughs> I you thought you were going to say, oh, G. <laughs> section G. You know, yeah. Yeah, we removed Section G from the MDS. So those ADL-related quality measures for both the long stay and short stay will be frozen in April of 2024 along with that long stay pressure ulcer measure. So that's all the freezes, all the important freeze updates you need to know this winter. <laughs> yeah. Well, it's funny because you mentioned all that stuff and we've talked about those section G and GG changes and all that stuff in the past. But one of the things that we'll mention all the time is now the, oh, it's going to be frozen as if nothing's happening. Right. That scares me a little bit because it's like, well, something's happening because the government never just doesn't do anything. It's just not being shown, right? So you're not going to have statistics showing you what's going on, but there's work being done behind the scenes. Oh, for sure. I think that's the hallmark of quality measures, right? They collect data for a really long period of time, and then it impacts you several quarters after that. So it's for several quarters after that, I guess I should say. So they are absolutely collecting data right now without getting too far into all the quality measures. That discharge function score that's going to impact all of the quality programs that CMS has, they already started October 1st collecting that data. Now, it's not going to be reported on for a while, but it's definitely, yeah, like you said, something is happening <laughs> for sure. So freeze doesn't mean it's it's not working. It's not moving. It's just you're not seeing it. So it's more like a blind. It's just blinders going on. And then when they reintroduce it, and you mentioned that discharge function score, it's coming up. I'm wondering if that's maybe the most I don't know if we want to call it disruptive, but the most, I don't know, the biggest change that's likely to influence not only Five Star, but some of our other measures. Do you agree or disagree? I would agree. I think it has potential to cause the most disruption for sure. You are still seeing confusion and issues with Section GG. So I think we'll see some impact with those function-related items, function-related quality measures, just simply due to, I think it could be on a state-by-state basis. That's not to say if your state is not a case mix state, you're not struggling with GG, right? We just got rid of Section G October 1st. We were supposed to get rid of Section GG a very long time ago. Had that happened, I think we would have mastered Section GG by now. By we, I mean most providers would have mastered Section GG by now because it would be kind of the only thing that they're really focused on as far as function, functional assessments on the MDS goes. But that's it's not the case. We had both Section G and GG for far longer than we thought we would. And so it is now very much time to figure out a process for your facility that works prior to to, you know, this discharge function score affecting every quality program that CMS has for nursing facilities. It is time. And that's one of the questions we get most often is, so who's going to capture Section GG information? Should we train our aides, the CNAs, to, to capture Section GG information because they've always done Section G? Problem that I see right now is in our case mix states that are still rug driven, they probably don't want to make any change because you still are relying on that Section G information to drive your rugs. Even even though they're not captured on your MDS anymore, you're 
probably using the OSA or another tool to capture that. And then you probably need to have your nursing staff still working on section GG and your therapy and everybody else that can throw information since you're looking for that usual performance. But it still is tough because there's not a clear cut from section G. It just disappeared, sort of, right? Having inverse scales, you know, it makes no sense. And I realize we're trying to align that post-acute setting scale so that every post-acute setting has the same scale. And I, and I agree with that. That's the right thing to do. It just has been such a painful transition because states have refused to make that transition. There were so many states just even up until bef- like right before October 1st, we're still trying to figure out what they were going to do and what it was going to look like and how, you know, how are we going to collect this information? And even after October 1st, things were still changing. It's like, good grief, this was supposed to happen years ago. And here we are and we still haven't figured it out. <laughs> exactly. Just rip that Band-Aid off. At some point, you're going to have to rip that Band-Aid off. So lots to do with that discharge function score. We'll, we'll do more with that. We're going to do some webinars and training. And obviously with our clients, we'll be doing quite a bit of training because I think that's the, the biggest mover since it, it reaches over into our quality payment programs as well as Five Star. You can't talk about it enough. But the thing I like about it the most is that it mirrors very closely the PDPM nursing and therapy therapy, mobility, and ADL scores that, that go into that mobility score and their case mix calculation. So I like that. And I think there was some thought put into it in that way. It also should give people some direction. If I'm going to direct my staff into being good at something and really recording something, it probably should be those mobility and ADL measures, right? I absolutely agree with you. I think it's kind of a therapy-driven outcome. Here is how this patient came to you. Here is what CMS thinks they should be at when they leave you. Now, start measuring yourself based on this. It's standardized. It's very easy to kind of monitor and provide yourselves a good benchmark to get to. Absolutely. So therapy still requires, still needed in the settings to get those outcomes. I hear therapy is needed. Very important. If it's not a reimbursement driver, it's still very important for outcomes and for quality care and to meet those regulations, those I'm trying the OBRA of 1987. That's still intact. All that stuff's still intact. So, you know, how often do you think that facilities should look at their five-star and where do you go to find it? That's a great question. So facilities should at least on a monthly basis be reviewing their five-star ratings. CMS sends a nice little provider report to your iKeys inbox. So it's one of those automated reports that comes directly from CMS. You don't have to go request it. You would uh, any other Casper report. It goes straight to your iKeys inbox each month. It gives you a little bit of time to review it prior to that information being publicly reported on Care Compare at least monthly is my answer. I think that's right. I would put it on my copy. I would be very, very aware if I were in a facility of what my five-star looks like. Because again, public facing, that's what people are going to think about you. Doesn't doesn't matter what you say about yourself. This is what internet is saying and everything on the internet's true, right? Well, some things. <laughs> come on, come on. Well. <laughs> I don't know. I've got people in my family think everything on the internet's true. So it's the way you know, it is. Yeah, but but one of the cool things about that provider report, that preview report that each facility gets in their iKeys inbox each month, is that there's a lot of news 
and information at the top of those reports. There's lots of good details about anything that might be changing, any office hours that they're having. You know, if you see something, and this actually happened to me several years ago, I was like, gosh, I just don't think this QM is right. It was the pressure ulcer measure, and I was like, ah, there's no way. So I called the help desk, probably the only time I've ever needed to call the help desk. I called the five-star help desk, and turns out the information was wrong. So, you know, we could have ended up having the wrong information posted on Care Compare, but because we were reviewing it and we had that information on who to contact if we thought something was incorrect, we were able to get it changed. So it is important to definitely be reviewing that and don't assume that it's always 100% correct. If something feels off, dig into it and see what's going on. Nice. So your best couple tips for managing five stars. What we say is important for our listeners to do consistently. First, understand where all the information comes from. You know, like we said at the very beginning of podcast, it's not just quality measures. Your five-star rating you know, a lot goes into it. That health inspection, it's staffing, it's quality measures. So understand where all of that information is coming from. Also understand the time frame for that information. Also work really, really hard to have exceptional surveys. Don't go into like a survey season mode, right? Treat every day like the next day could be your annual survey. We always say it always starts with the care. If you're treating every day and caring for your patients every day, like the next day is going to be your survey, that's going to really have the most impact on your overall star reading. I agree. I think that's great, great advice. And I think our listeners appreciate it. So thank you so much for spending more time with me, Megan. It was lovely. Always is, always <laughs> is. So let's do it again. But for now, we'll let you go. Thanks to our listeners. You keep listening. We'll keep talking and we'll get back with you soon. <laughs>